Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. The Doc Washburn Show streams live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, weekdays on the Podbean app, which you can download onto your smartphone. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N, and is available for download at Spotify, Apple, or wherever podcasts are available. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com or call us at 866-609-3711. All right, that having been said, this is episode episode seven of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. Yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused the vaccine mandate that they laid down. I certainly wasn't the only one. Yes, it's obvious last November's presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer would not allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines for the Wu flu. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. What a pleasant surprise this week. The nationally syndicated radio talk show host Dan Bongino put it all on the line to tell Cumulus Media if they don't drop their vaccine mandate and rehire guys like me, he's going to walk. He says he's fully prepared to leave Cumulus high and dry and walk away from his syndicated talk radio show, which apparently is on over 300 stations now, leaving them trying to figure out what to put on weekdays from noon to three. But to hear that Dan Bongino actually mentioned me by name on his popular daily podcast Monday, that was a, that was a surreal experience. <laughs> and it went something like this. So I have a lot of business partners in many of my business ventures. One of them is Cumulus. It syndicates my radio show. Um, listen, uh, this vaccine mandate that they've instituted, apparently some people have been terminated due to this. A friend of mine, Tron Simpson, who I remember, and uh, Doc Washburn as well, who I know I wouldn't call friends, but uh, uh, a good guy nonetheless. I'm not going to comply with any of this, and I'm going to be talking about this on their radio stations today. Uh, so they can make a decision as to what they want to do, but I'm not taking it. I'm not going to sit back and take it. I'm not going to let these people get canned and do nothing about it. So you're going to have to make a decision, this company, and make a decision stat what you want to do. Because if you think you're just going to sit here and make me a pawn in your little chess game here, you're crazy. So we'll be talking about this on their stations today, and we'll see how they react. But I'm not going to let these people get canned and do nothing about it. That's not what I'm about. That's not what I do here. I told you from the beginning, this was never about the money for me or the notoriety or any of that crap. It was about changing things. And I'm not going to sit back as it all gets uh, trampled on by a company I partnered with on this radio venture. It's not going to happen. So you've been warned. You can listen to the radio show today to see how that's going to work out. Wow. That took guts. So, um, I went on Twitter last night just to say thank you to Dan Bongino. And um, a crazy thing happened. This is what I said. I said, I have no idea how to reach Dan Bongino. I tagged him in it. But I hope I have the opportunity to thank him someday for speaking up for people like me who were fired by Cumulus Media for not taking the jab. I said, God bless you, Dan. You embody the spirit of Proverbs 31, 8 and 9. Now, I, I, I want to share that with you, so I'll tell you what I'm talking about. It says, open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, Defend the rights of the poor and needy. And something a lot of people don't realize. A lot of the people who do radio outside of major markets are on, well, it's like, uh, like a lot of Americans are uh, on a paycheck-to-paycheck kind of deal, you know. 
So I got audio from a guy named uh, Tim Hill. He was at the uh, Cumulus Sports Talk Station in Columbia, South Carolina, which is about the same size market as the the market I was in when I was doing local talk radio for over seven years in Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, looks like he's still got kids to raise, and he's feeling the pain. And this is what this is what he put on social media recently after he got fired the same day I got fired. Hi. <laughs> A weird Monday for me, and uh, got some news. I've been fired from Cumulus Media. I couldn't say anything on the radio. My last show was Friday, but I've been fired for not following their vaccine policy. I submitted a religious exemption and was denied, offered multiple solutions. All of those were denied. Never thought it would come to this, and am pretty sad. I wish everybody at 107.5 the game the best. They had nothing to do with the decision. And it was something that I felt like I had to stand up for. I believe in sincerely. I would never tell anyone they had to be vaccinated or unvaccinated. I feel like this is a very personal choice. And I'm raising three boys and trying to teach them to, to stand up for what they believe in. Just feel like this is something that I had to do. Being reminded of a line from Ted Lasso these days, it's never the wrong time to do the right thing. So that was Tim Hill. He was the uh, program director and co-host of the early game show. Six to nine in the morning, 107.5 FM in Columbia, South Carolina. One of those guys who... uh, got fired from Cumulus Media and wasn't allowed to say anything about it on the air. So, God bless him, and and I hope that as God has closed one door for Tim Hill, he'll open another one like he's opened for me. Um, but less than 10 minutes after I posted my thank you to Dan Bongino and saying I don't know how to reach him, but I hope I have the opportunity to thank him someday for speaking up for people like me who are fired by Cumulus Media for not taking the jab. Um, Dan followed me on Twitter, which was another surreal experience because he. He's got 2.3 million people following him, and he only follows 929 people, and now I'm one of them. And uh, he uh, sent me a DM on Twitter, and he was just real nice to me, real nice to me. So I'm pretty sure we'll be talking soon. Pretty sure we'll be talking soon. So that's great. That's a, that's a real positive development. And I'm looking forward to doing whatever I can to help. Okay, we got some breaking news that I was not planning on talking about, but you're never planning on talking about breaking news. That's why they call it breaking news. This came down just a few minutes ago. Today's the day 23-year-old Nicholas Cruz pleaded guilty to 17 counts of first-degree murder in the 2018 shooting massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. A jury will decide if he should be sentenced to death or face life in prison without parole. Oh, definitely death. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely death. And you know what the crazy thing is? There are actually some people out there who think he was lashing out at people because he was bullied. You know what I'm saying? But I've read up on this. 
And he wasn't bullied. He was the bully. He was the bully. Going back to like middle school, he was the bully. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Genesis 9, verse 6. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. So what Nicholas Cruz was doing there, whether he realized it or not, by killing these people, he was lashing out at God. We're all made in God's image. And that day, Valentine's Day 2018, Nicholas Cruz murdered 17 image bearers of his creator. He needs to be executed swiftly, swiftly. Man, oh, man, oh, man. All right, that having been said, that having been said, Oh, and by the way, if, if you're listening to this after the fact, if you're uh, uh, going to docwashburnshow.com and clicking listen, or if you you have downloaded this podcast from uh, Apple or Spotify or Alexa or wherever you get your podcasts, there's always the option to listen live. To listen live, it took us a while to figure this out. To listen live, all you need to do is download the Podbean app on your smartphone. And that's the way you can listen live. And we hope to figure out another way to listen live eventually. We hope to figure out how to how to do it on our uh, docwashmanshow.com. But until then, if you want to listen on your smartphone, you download the the Podbean app on your smartphone. All right, now, the Biden administration announces that it wants kids 5 to 11 years old to get the jab, right? So we're supposed to believe that the group, because, you know, it's not really Dementia Joe, it's whoever his puppet masters are. The group that wants millions of illegals coming across our southern border and doesn't care what diseases they have. The group that uh, wants to make sure that abortion continues to happen all nine months for any reason whatsoever. We're supposed to trust them with the health of your five-year-old. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, get the five-year-old the jab. Again, for a disease with a 99.9% survival rate and a disease with a much higher survival rate for little kids who hardly ever get it. Here it is, CNN Politics. White House today unveiled its plans to roll out COVID-19 vaccines for children's age 5 to 11 pending authorization by the FDA, which, of course, will do what? Biden and crew want them to do. The Biden administration has secured enough vaccine supply to vaccinate the 28 million children ages 5 to 11 who would become eligible for vaccination if the vaccine is authorized for that age group and will help equip more than 25,000 pediatric and primary care offices, hundreds of community health centers and rural health clinics, 
as well as tens of thousands of pharmacies to administer the shots, according to the White House. Okay, they're evil. They're evil. You know, I'm reminded of how my friend Todd Starnes got kicked off of Fox News Radio and had to go independently syndicate himself. Dr. Robert Jeffress, pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas, was on Todd Starnes' nationally syndicated radio talk show on Fox News Radio. And he said that the Democrat Party these days is the party of Molech. And because Todd Starnes didn't correct him, didn't push back, Fox News Radio decided Todd Starnes was too Christian for them. They couldn't put up with it. Couldn't put up with it. Molech was an idol, as mentioned several times in the Old Testament. And uh, people would worship this Canaanite idol using child sacrifice. They would sacrifice their babies to the idol of Molech. So, yeah. So, when this pastor was on Todd Starnes' show on Fox News Radio, and made that proclamation, Fox News Radio is like, nah, that's a little bit too Christian for us, you know. No, 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 we 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 can't have you speaking the truth out there. No, no. But that's what it is. Abortion is child sacrifice, and we're supposed to trust the same people, the same people who think that's cool, who think millions of. Illegals coming across the southern border with who knows what communicable diseases. That's cool. The same people who in California passed a law saying that if you give HIV AIDS to somebody else knowingly, you can't be prosecuted. That's cool. But trust them that they have your five-year-old's health and well-being as a priority. I'm not even going to lie, fam. It doesn't make any sense, does it? It doesn't make any sense at all, does it? No, of course not. So, U.S. Representative Thomas Massey, Kentucky, a great man says, never should this vaccine be mandated for children, nor should they or their parents be coerced or pressured into having them take it. But trust me, that's what the feds will do. Another guy I follow on Twitter, RB Pundit, says, data shows that kids under 12 not wearing masks in school don't spread the virus more than those who do. The CDC still says kids should wear masks. Even after they're vaccinated, the CDC is not doing science. No, no, they're not doing science. Oh, by, by the way, remember Neil Cavuto? Over there on Fox News in the afternoon? He's tested positive for COVID-19 now, and in a statement he said, had I not been vaccinated and with all my medical issues, this would be a far more dire situation. It's not because I did, and I'm surviving this because I did. Right. So even when the vaccines don't work, the vaccines work. Yeah, isn't that great? Isn't that great? So now, I don't know if you've heard, a major United States university has come out with a vaccine mandate which has nothing to do with COVID. Have you heard about this one? And I'll put this on my Facebook page here in a little bit. This is nutso. 
University of Denver, where school administrators are already making staff and students take saliva tests for COVID every nine days on top of providing proof of vaccination to attend classes in person. They currently have a less than 1% infection rate, but now University of Denver upping their game to the next level. Cold and flu season is approaching, as it does every year, right? So now University of Denver will now require proof of having been vaccinated against the flu. Not even going to lie, fam, this is for real. Against the flu. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But I've never gotten a flu shot. And you know why I've never gotten a flu shot? Because going all the way back to the 70s when then-President Gerald Ford was talking about how important it was to get the shot for the swine flu, there are all these folk that would get the flu shot and then get the flu real bad. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think I want to do that. Two or three years ago, the morning guy at the uh, talk radio station I worked at in Little Rock, Arkansas, got the flu shot, and then he was out for, I think, a week with a real bad flu. He's not a stupid guy. I, better, I, I bet he never got another flu shot. What I do think is deranged is people who get the uh, get the Wu flu vaccine, the China virus vaccine, and then get really sick and say, man, I'm sure I'm glad I got vaccinated. Why aren't you vaccinated? Even though I'm fully vaccinated, I'm real sick. What? You know, I got to tell you, Sometimes I feel like Kevin Costner with a bad Southern accent in the JFK movie, which came out about 30 years ago. Remember that one? Kevin Costner in that one? We gone through the looking glass sale, people. Yeah, we really have. We really have. Now, do you realize that Pfizer sponsors all kinds of different news shows on all the networks? Were you aware of this? Somebody put a Put together a little montage for us. See, who was it? Who, who did the montage? Whitney Webb. I, I have no idea who Whitney Webb is, but we're going to give her the um, the credit for this because we always try to get give credit where it's due. Whitney, Re- Whitney Webb, writer and researcher for UnlimitedHangout.com, and thelastamericanvagabond.com. Okay, thank you, Whitney. I'll have to, have to follow you on, uh, on Twitter. But here is what Whitney Webb put together and Dr. Simone Gold shared. Pfizer sponsors everything. Is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. Brought to you by oh, no, 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 don't start it again. That last thing was 60 minutes overtime. You know, Pfizer actually had to pay uh, the feds $2.3 billion in 2009 for fraudulent marketing. It was the biggest such settlement of a criminal case like that ever, ever. 
And it's still on DOJ's website last time I checked. Why wouldn't it be? But 12 years later, I'm sure they're all straightforward and above board, pure as a driven snow, right? Good grief. By the way, infection rates in England in vaccinated people aged 40 to 49 are now more than double the rate in the unvaccinated. Evidence now suggests that vaccinated people can spread the Delta variant and that six months after the second dose, antibody levels had decreased substantially. So why are they trying to force you to get the jab? Why are they trying to force you to get the jab? What's that about? Do you hear what the feds are threatening to do to um, Navy SEALs? This is from Bethany Blankley over justthenews.com. Under new administration guidance issued last week, the U.S. Navy will discharge from service all active duty personnel who don't get the COVID jabs by the November 28th deadline absent a pending or approved exemption and might demand that refuseniks personally reimburse the service for a range of costs associated with their compensation and training. The reserve deadline is December 28th. The initial COVID vaccine mandate was issued August 25th by Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. The Navy's new guidance officially prescribes penalties and provides enforcement authorities for noncompliance within the service. The guidance reaffirms, quote, in order to maximize readiness, it is the policy goal of the U.S. Navy to achieve a fully vaccinated force against the persistent and lethal threat of COVID-19. As directed by the Secretary of Navy's lawful order, the Navy has commenced a mandatory vaccination campaign. Yeah, really. Yeah, I'm not so sure how uh, how lawful that is. What I'm saying, Holmes. I'm not so sure how lawful it is. And you know the the thing I was saying a little bit ago about people getting sick, even though they're fully vaccinated, and getting furious with you because you're not. I guess I kind of got it from. Didn't get it from, but she helped me crystallize this without even knowing it. Emerald Robinson, the great White House correspondent for Newsmax, on Twitter this morning saying, when vaccinated people get COVID and respond publicly by reassuring you the vaccines really work, the only proper response is to tell them to seek professional psychiatric help because they've joined a cult. They joined a cult. You know what I'm saying? Now, here's another idea. The great Brian Dean Wright over on Twitter, former CIA ops officer, said, for Americans thrown out of the military or fired from a federal job, because of the COVID vaccine, make your vote next year about this. Federal compensation for wrongful dismissal and call it the FJB Act. I think that stands for Let's Go Brandon. And demand candidates support it. We pay for the FJB Act by a one-time 50% tax on the wealth of any U.S. senator or representative who's worth more than $5 million a one-time 90% tax on university and private family foundation endowments. Our elites need to pay, and they need to pay dearly. There you go. There you go. Now, I don't know. Um, have I mentioned to you that people who work for the Biden administration clearly just get paid to lie? And sometimes I'm thinking maybe not much else. Yesterday afternoon, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki 
Uh, here's how it went down. You could pay ransoms, even if that is not the case. So uh, that is also something that is, remains a concern to us, but I can't get into more operational details. I still believe that Build Back Better will not add a dime to the national debt. Correct, it won't. Why, would he, why, why should Americans believe that? Because it won't. Go ahead. What if taxes that he says he wants to you know, get more taxes in? What if it doesn't happen? What if the economy goes sour? Lots of things can happen. Mm-hmm. What do you, you're going to tell from up there future generations? Not even born yet, but they're not on the hook for this. Is that right? That's right, and hopefully you'll report accurate information yourself. Go ahead. Just we'll do that. He wants to spend $3.5 trillion, but he's saying the $3.5 trillion won't cost anything. And she knows it's a bald-faced lie. But everybody who works for this guy is down with it. I don't know. I mean, it seems like their consciences are seared. Right? They don't skip a beat saying the exact opposite of what's going on. I don't know if you read uh, George Orwell's 1984 when you're in high school or college, but this, this is the deal right here. We've never been at war with Oceania. We've always been at war with Oceania. Right, the great Sean Davis over the Federalist says boys cannot become girls. The COVID shot doesn't prevent you from getting or spreading COVID. Ivermectin works. Natural immunity is real. Antifa is a terrorist group. Critical race theory is racist. Joe Biden is a vegetable. Nobody gives a crap about January 6th. And let's go, Brandon. Now, one thing I meant to mention about uh, Dan Bongino, who I hold, hold in the utmost respect and regard for putting millions of dollars on the line to stand up for people like me who got fired from the same company he works for. One other thing that I found out when I was reading about what's going been going on with Bongino lately, so he had an advertiser called Simply Safe. And when he found out that one of these radical leftists complained to them because their ad showed up on a website called nationalfile.com, which had the gall to accurately report what Antifa was doing. Simply Safe said, Oh, we're sorry. We'll make sure our ads don't show up on nationalfile.com anymore. And Bongino was like, Well, then I'm not going to do live endorsements for you anymore. That's unheard of in the radio industry. I really respect that. Now, when I was doing local talk radio in Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, there were certainly potential advertisers that I wouldn't advertise for because for one reason or another, I just didn't believe that was a good fit. Um, I didn't believe, you know, I had to believe in a product, you know? I mean, there was shortly after I got to the um, the Cumulus Little Rock radio operation, uh, a sales guy came to me and said, hey, the last guy who did the afternoon talk show did live endorsements for this uh, adult novelty shop. Would you be interested? I said, no, that's no, that's really not. No, no. And then there was one of these national, uh, hey, we make great razors and we sell them real cheap companies that wanted me to do a live endorsement for them. And I told the salesperson, okay, well, just tell them to send me one of the razors so I could try it out and make sure I like it. And uh, nope. They wouldn't send me one of their little $1 razors. They just wanted me to do the live endorsements as if I was using the razors. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that then. So I'm carrying on this attempt to try to keep our integrity together. So with the Doc Washburn Show live stream slash podcast, if and when we start 
doing live endorsement advertisements, you'll know it's something I believe in. Because we, we are having potential advertisers contact us, and, and we appreciate that. We appreciate that. Anyway, um, let me uh, let me play a little uh, promo here. It's like less than thirty seconds, so I can uh, take a breath and uh, get a drink of water. We'll be this right after back. You're listening to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. The Doc Washburn Show streams live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central weekdays on the Podbean app, which you can download to your smartphone. The show is also available for download at Spotify, Apple, or wherever podcasts are available. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com or call us at 866-609-3711. All right, there you go. Now, I was talking about National File and some radical leftists complaining to Simply Safe. Hey, your, uh, your commercial has shown up on the, a National File, and that's where Mr. Andy Nyo does his reporting against Antifa. And they go, oh, okay, well, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll make sure our commercials don't show up there. And Dan Bagino finding out about it and saying, okay, well, no more. If that's where you're going to be, then uh, I'm not going to endorse Simply Safe anymore. And I really respect that. So while I was talking about it, I went over to nationalfile.com. Story uh, from Andrew White, which dropped on October 15th that I haven't seen before. Um, oddly enough, it seems... No other media picked this up. Video. Biden appears to touch child's nipple while touring daycare center. Disturbing behavior coming from the president. Gee, I wonder why nobody picked this up. During a visit at a daycare center in Connecticut, Joe Biden was captured on video appearing to touch the chest and nipple of a child with his thumb. As National File reported earlier on October 15th, Joe Biden paid a visit to a daycare center for children in Hartford, Connecticut, where he promoted the child care policies of his Build Back Better agenda. Biden said, when I talk to all of you folks out on the playground, I joke that everyone knows I like kids better than people. Fortunately, they like me. That's why maybe I like them. During an interaction with several of the children outside, the president appeared to touch a little girl's chest with his thumb before hugging the child from behind. The first video was taken directly from the C-SPAN Twitter account, which released the interaction Friday afternoon. The video clip can also be seen directly on the C-SPAN website. Well, I'm definitely, definitely going to be putting this on my Facebook page when we get off the air here. Let's uh, let's take a look at the video. Let's take a look here. Okay, so there is Biden at the daycare center, and he's leaning over, talking to the kids, trying to get close to the little girl. Yep. Here we go. This is... Uh, a little girl gives him a little hug because she sees him as some kind of authority figure. And then what, what National File did, the, the, the C-SPAN video goes for like two minutes and 19 seconds. But what National File did is they slowed it down. They slowed it down. Next video is taken directly from the C-SPAN original video and zoomed in. In the same clip, National Files slowed the footage down and played it several times in reverse for reader's clarification. Okay, this is just a 20-second deal here. They put on Rumble. Yep, sure did. He sure did.
Joe Biden is a pedophile. Joe Biden is a predator. And the powers that be behind him stole the election. There are so many times, so many times, that Biden has molested children in, in broad daylight in front of God and everybody. National File says, this would not be the first time Biden was alleged to have touched the nipple of a young child on C-SPAN. As National File reported in July, the niece of Senator Steve Daines reportedly confirmed that Biden had pinched her chest on January 3rd, 2015 at her uncle's swearing-in ceremony when she was just eight years of age. Earlier this summer, Joe Biden raised eyebrows when he twice brought up the notion of sucking the blood of children without being prompted, as National File reported. While speaking to a group of reporters by Marine One, Joe Biden abruptly brought up, quote, sucking the blood out of kids, unquote, again when asked a question about defunding the police. Quote, we are not defunding the police and have not, unquote. Biden told the reporters who responded by asking him, are there people in the Democrat Party who want to defund the police? Rather than provide an answer to the question he was asked, Biden randomly asked the reporters, quote, are there people in the Republican Party who think we're sucking the blood out of kids, unquote. Now, in case you don't know what I'm talking about, when I say that Joe Biden has molested children in broad daylight in front of God and everybody, every two years in January, there's a swearing-in ceremony of either new United States senators or re-elected United States senators, and the vice president gets to do the honors. And it's carried live on C-SPAN. And there are many of these videos. All you have to do is just do an Internet search for creepy Joe Biden. There are many of these videos where Joe Biden is getting together with a whole family, usually three generations, And he'll say something like, okay, everybody look up at the cameras, and he's got a little, little girl in front of him, and he's, he's grabbing her inappropriately in inappropriate places. He's done it many times. Now, the question is, why before the election, this was not mentioned more prominently? Now, we know why NBC, CBS, ABC, CNN, Newsmax wouldn't address it. Why, why would Fox News not address it? Is it for the same reason that Tucker Carlson won't talk about the Arizona audit? You know, you try to, uh, the Arizona audit, which came out a few weeks ago, which showed that there were way more fraudulent ballots in just one county of Arizona than the statewide margin of victory for Biden over Trump in that state. You know, you, you, you try to create the impression, hey, I'll talk about anything. But there's some things you're not allowed to talk about, you know? And I know, I know. Because my former employer put the word out on January 6th this year that if any of our media personalities say stolen election or stop the steal, you're going to be fired immediately. You'll be terminated. I know. So we could just dance around the edges and talk about uh, all the fraud that needed to be looked into, et cetera, et cetera. But you couldn't say the election was stolen. I mean, Greg Gutfeld has a late-night comedy show on Fox News Channel right now. And he's beating Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, and Stephen Colbert in the ratings. Imagine how much more his ratings would be if he actually showed the videos of Biden molesting little kids. And this, this was C-SPAN. Now, why wouldn't he do that? Why does Tucker Carlson not do it? 
I mean, the only conclusion I can come to is because they talk about a lot of controversial stuff. That must just be on the hands-off list. On the hands-off list. I talked about it on my local radio show when I was doing talk radio in Little Rock, Arkansas, but uh, and I got away with it. But we're an audio medium. What I do for a living is to create theater of the mind, to bring you images in an audio medium. If you have a, actually have a television show, you could show these things. I don't know. It, it just seems like it would be something that uh, that you would want to do. But again, again, I go back to the message on Twitter on that Saturday morning after Election Day when Fox News Radio pardon me, when Fox News Channel on television announced that they had um, called the election for Biden. And one of the liberal daughters-in-law of Rupert Murdoch goes on Twitter and said, we did it. Rupert Murdoch, of course, being the owner. The owner of Fox News. Know what I'm saying? Um, Oh, and the book, which is coming out now, which was excerpted the other day in Vanity Fair, claiming that United States Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas worked hand-in-hand with then-Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to try to stop members of Congress from objecting to electors on January 6th. Oh, yeah, that. How many Republican politicians wanted Biden in the Oval Office? Know what I'm saying? Now, this may upset you, but I got to let the chips fall where they may. I got to speak the truth in love. That's what we're commanded to do, right? Sometimes... People get upset when you say things, but so the great Kurt Schlichter he was a he's a retired colonel U.S. Army and uh, an attorney columnist over at townhall.com I had him on my radio show a couple of times great guy he says want to know who's responsible for the Republicans total failure to, pre- to prepare for the election rigging? He said, I'll give you a hint. He was the senior Republican, and he failed to ensure that the party was ready. Okay, clearly, he's talking about former President Trump there. And then the great Julie Kelly, who writes over to American Greatness, amgreatness.com. She responded, truth also responsible for launch of destructive lockdowns and the rise of Anthony Fauci. This is not unnecessary bashing. It's a fact. No way to consider a second Trump candidacy without recognizing what went wrong the first time and how we're living with the consequences today. She says Christopher Wray should have been fired as FBI director when he fought the release of the Devin Nunes memo. That was the memo that Republican California U.S. Congressman Devin Nunes released about how the FBI had illegally gone after Trump in many different ways. She said Fauci and Burks should have been fired when they presented the Murray-Ferguson models. White House should never have allowed CDC to post election guidance or approved reopening guidance. Attorney General Bill Barr should have been fired when he said that news from Special Prosecutor John Durham would be delayed until after the election, Defense Secretary Mike Esper 
should have been fired after openly disputing Trump's suggestion to send troops into cities to calm down the George Floyd riots. Ditto for General Milley. Gina Haspel, CIA, never should have been hired. If Donald Trump's going to run again, did he learn from his major hiring and firing mistakes? Sure hope so. Sure hope so. I mean, look, it's great that he fired Jim Comey. It's great that he got the most prosperous economy in the history of the world going. That's fantastic. You got to give them all kinds of credit, but you can't just pretend that he's perfect and, and didn't do anything wrong, okay? So, one of my favorite speakers, one of my favorite writers, a guy I could listen to for hours, a guy named Victor Davis Hanson. And um, I just want to play you a little clip from him. He's got a new book out called The Dying Citizen. And Jan Jekalek, senior editor over the Epic Times, has a clip from Victor David Davis Hanson. And I just, I just got to play this for you. A very dangerous pre-civilizational pathology is tribalism. The idea that you identify with the person who has superficial affinities with you, i.e. appearance, or skin color, or hair color, or eye color, or linguistic commonalities. So I hire my first cousin and not the other person who's better qualified because he's part of the tribe. We've gone back in a retrograde fashion to a pre-civilization mentality. Today, I sit down with classicist and historian Victor Davis Hanson to discuss his latest book, The Dying Citizen. How- so they do a podcast over at the epictimes.com. We've gone back to a pre-civilizational mentality. And that is being encouraged by our leaders with this critical race theory, intersectionality. Okay, well, let's figure out what victim group you're a part of, right? Um, that sort of racism is being encouraged by many of our leaders and is a pre-civilizational way of looking at things, as Victor Davis Hanson just said. I'm going to tell you something right now. I have a whole lot more in common with a guy who doesn't look like me, who worships the same Lord I do, than with a guy who does look like me, who has a completely different worldview than I do. I'm, I'm, I'm white, you know? That's how God made me. I'm Caucasian. I have friends who have a lot more melanin than I do. And we're on the same page because we serve the same Lord. Whereas on the other hand, the Boston bombers, remember those guys, the Sharnev brothers, they're Caucasian, they're white guys. And they believe they should try to kill people like me because uh, I don't have any truck for Muhammad and Allah. Know what I'm saying? All right, so there was a story over the weekend. Three cops got shot in Houston. One of them dead, two of them critical condition. Why have you not heard about this? Why? Have you not heard about this? Well, let's see. Could it possibly be because all three of the police officers who were shot were black? 
you see. And the mainstream media, they like stories of when a black criminal tries to attack a white cop and then gets shot, right? Forwarding the narrative that, hey, something's wrong, white cop shooting black folk. But they don't want to dwell on black cops being shot by criminals. That disturbs the narrative, doesn't it? But I want to give honor and respect to these law enforcement officers. Story out of Houston, TV station KBTX, a former college station Texas police officer, is being remembered and honored after losing his life while serving and protecting others. 30-year-old Kareem Atkins, who was shot along with two other deputy constables early Saturday morning at a North Harris County nightclub, according to the Harris County Precinct 4 Constable's Office. Authorities said Atkins had just returned to work from paternity leave after he and his wife had a baby. He now leaves behind his wife and two children. Laja Richardson said that family was a loving family. He was the man of the house I hurt for her. She has two babies she has to look after, and she has to be the mom and dad. Ms. Richardson is the fiance of 28-year-old Deputy Daryl Garrett, one of the other two lawmen who survived the shooting. The other deputy constable injured has been identified as Juquame Barthen. Investigators said the three officers were working an extra job at the 45 Norte Bar and Lounge when they were ambushed by a gunman as they were looking into a disturbance and possible robbery in the parking lot of the club. Happened around 2.15 a.m., 4400 block of the North Freeway near Cross Timbers there in North Harris County. Ms. Richardson said they called each other brothers. They did everything together. Atkins worked for the College Station Police Department prior to going to Harris County Precinct 4 Constable's office in 2019. Atkins was listed as a new hire for the College Station Police Department in the agency's 2018 annual report. In July 2018, the department shared on Twitter several photos of Atkins and another officer visiting with children at a local daycare. His body was escorted by law enforcement on Sunday to a funeral home in Tomball, Texas, there in the suburbs. No arrests have been made in the deadly shooting. Houston Police Department has taken the lead on the investigation. Harris County Precinct 4 Constable Mark Herman said what happened tonight was evil. And now the good is going to sweep in. I hope for swift justice. I know the Houston Police Department is going to do a very thorough investigation. Shooting remains under investigation. So at the request of Harris County Judge Lena Hidalgo, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas permitted Texas flags in Harris County to be lowered to half staff and honor the life of public service Harris County Constable Precinct 4, Deputy Kareem Atkins. Governor Abbott wrote in a letter addressed to Judge Hidalgo of Harris County, the First Lady and I extend our prayers for, of comfort to the Atkins family during their time of grief, and we urge all Texans to remember and honor Deputy Constable Atkins' public services, dedicated law enforcement officer. Okay, so three black police officers shot one succumbs to his wounds, and it's a local story in Houston. But if a black criminal with a knife goes lunging at a white police officer, he has no recourse other than to shoot him. Oh, we got to have protests nationwide and marches and everything, and God look into. It's a joke. It's a joke. I've said it for for many years. Those who want to try to divide us based on ethnicity, based on race, they're up to no good. They want chaos. That's bad. They want us to hate each other. Don't fall for it. Don't 
fall for it. Show everybody the love of God. All right, this is Doc Washburn Show, episode number seven for October 20th, 2021. Thank you so much for, we're approaching 11,000 downloads now, 47 states in D.C., 13 other countries. Um, we're, we're just flabbergasted at the response, and we can't thank you enough. God bless you. Looking forward to tomorrow.